Welcome to the Spartan Underground Show, your ultimate resource for everything Spartan race training. Discover what the best SGX coaches are doing to help their clients boost performance, dominate obstacles, and get through each race burpee-free. Here is your host, Mike Diebler. All right, what's up, everybody? This is SGX coach Mike Diebler, and you are listening to episode 26 of the Spartan Underground SGX show, where we're going to help you train smarter and help you crush your next Spartan race. As usual, we have an awesome show for you today. If you want to check out the show notes for any links that are mentioned in the show, you can head over to spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 26. I do want to take a minute real quick to thank our sponsors for supporting our show. We have Designer Protein, who is a leader in the protein powder industry for over 25 years. They have a wide range of protein products from whey to plant-based. Check out some of their products over at designerprotein.com. And also we have Mobilitas. Your foam roller just got upgraded. They provide some unique, sleek, and awesome myofascial release tools. You can check out their products over at yourjointsshouldnthurt.com. So I just got back from Arizona running the super out there. I have to say I was super excited to get through my first race. Happy to announce that it was burpee free. So I'm starting 2017 burpee free and hoping to continue that for the entire year. Now we're gonna have a course review coming up in this episode, but it was an awesome venue. Uh, Great course, uh, challenging, not too many hills, but um, definitely some rough terrain. Uh, Loved the new obstacles, the the twister and the bender. Definitely a challenge, but with some good training, they're not, not too bad. And I have to say, I do love the new sandbags they're using. So I hope they continue with, with that, but we'll see what they have in store, in store for us this year. And you're going to get to hear a lot more about the Arizona venue in this episode. But as usual, we do have an awesome episode for you this week. In our research review, we're going to talk all about tapering and some things I want you to consider the week or weeks up to your race and kind of how you should be backing off your training in order to maximize your performance. We also have our Spartan Race Recap, and we have SGX coach Allison Frumker on from Phoenix Evolution OCR Training. She's going to let us know all the details about the Arizona Super and Sprint. And in our SGX coaches interview, I'm really excited to have our guest on today. He has been on the podium quite a few times in the past, and he has actually been on there twice already this year. I have SGX coach and Spartan Pro Team member Kevin Donahue on today, and he's going to be talking about how he got into Spartan race training, some of his favorite racing venues, what you should be doing the week before a race to help you prep for it, and also he's going to go over some strategies if you are running back-to-back days. So if you're doing a super and then a sprint, um, or you're doing a beast and then a sprint, how you can properly prepare yourself to handle that type of, of racing. We have all that, plus a whole lot more in today's show. Spartan SGX coach at Phoenix Evolution OCR training in Chandler, Arizona, and I'm here to give you some of the highlights from the Arizona Sprint and Super at Fort McDowell, Arizona. So let's get right into it. Uh, I think Arizona is one of the very few locations where the weekend starts with the sprint, Uh, and this year was a pretty chilly start. (laughs) Poor men's and women's elite waves faced a little bit of frost and ice on some of the obstacles, 
But despite that cold start, the sun came up over the beautiful southwestern desert and, and definitely made for um, a nice overall day. This course is filled with plenty of technical trail running. I would say moderate hills and natural obstacles. You had to keep your eyes open for those cactus and thorny bushes. Um, one of the first new obstacles that runners faced on the course was the tire flip. I'm personally loving this obstacle for the chatter and the challenge it's creating. It's definitely forcing the men to up their tire flipping game. That tire is a beast. Um, Saturday's course also included the new style of sandbag carry. And of course, in true Spartan style, we carried that bag up some pretty steep inclines. Um, but it's all good. I think one of the really unique features of this race is the finish. Um, you climb the stairway to Sparta, and that is perched up on a cliff that overlooks the festival area. Mm -hmm. um, and then you run down a pretty steep descent over the A-frame and literally into an arena, a horse arena where spectators can watch from the stands as we took on about half-mile gauntlet just chocked full of obstacles, including the new Mount Olympus and an all-rings multi-rig and several other classic Spartan obstacles to the finish line. Um, Sunday's race obviously included a whole lot more of that technical trail running and some bonus new obstacles, including the challenging grip-strength-sucking twister, um, bender, and I also love the Spartan threw a curveball and changed out the multi-rig overnight. Um, they switched up the rings for a variety of bars, ropes, balls, rings, etc. Um, pretty much a classic multi-rig. So um, overall, a lot of fun, beautiful weekend, and I really love the way that the season is headed and the new obstacles Spartan has added. It's really forcing athletes to be um, well-rounded. You need speed, you need endurance, you need grip strength, uh, but you also need to be able to flip that monster tire. Um, you know, there's still heavy carries. You still need to lift that hercoise. So uh, in terms of preparation for your next race, you know, you, you definitely need to be hitting on a variety of elements in your training plan every single week. So um, speaking of, Again, my name is Allison Frumker from Phoenix Evolution OCR Training in Chandler, Arizona, and we are already back in the gym preparing for Las Vegas. Um, if you are interested, come check us out at www.phxevolution.com or on Facebook at Phoenix Evolution OCR Training. Aru. All right, so this week's research review, we're going to talk about tapering. And I know tapering is probably not the sexiest topic out there, kind of like recovery. It's something that most people probably don't pay attention to. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are looking for every edge, every advantage that you can get to maximize your performance. So you, you perform at your highest level. And tapering is something that absolutely can give you a huge advantage over somebody that's not doing it. Uh, and all tapering is is basically cutting back. So it's, I know that sounds weird. You're going to actually do less to get more, but that's that's what we're doing here. And I know in previous podcasts, I've talked about how many people are training so hard and not recovering properly. You don't get your optimal performance levels where you just re recover enough to get to where you last left off. And the whole point of training is to to 
adapt to the stress that you're putting on your body so you have better performance uh, from that training. So the goal of the workout is not the workout. It's to get better at whatever you're trying to get better at. And tapering is going to be a great way to do that. And this might be anywhere from one to four weeks up to a race. Now, that just depends on the type of race that you're doing. If you're doing a shorter race, a 5K or a, a Spartan Sprint, maybe one one uh, seven to 10 days is going to be plenty. And if you're going to be doing a marathon or a beast or an ultra beast, you might need a couple of weeks, but this is going to be very individual. Everybody's going to respond differently. So I'm just going to give a couple strategies and talk about a research study that shows a couple different ways you can do this and just try things out and see what works best for you. Um, but when you do this correctly, they've shown anywhere around a two to 3% increase in performance. And again, I know that might not sound like a lot, but that could be um, a big difference for some people. So it's something you definitely should play around with. And if nothing else, it's most likely going to reduce the chance that you get hurt during a race and you're probably just going to feel better. Um, but I want to go over a study and it's actually kind of an older study. This is from the Journal of Applied Physiology in 1992. And I normally do more recent studies, but I thought this was such a good one. I just wanted to bring it up and it's called Physiological Effects of Tapering in Highly Trained Athletes. And what they did was they took runners, so obviously elite runners, and they put them on a running program, an eight-week running program. And at the end of that, they broke them up into different tapering groups. And they had three, three different groups, a high-intensity, low-volume, a low-intensity, moderate-volume, and then a rest-only group. And uh, after the eight weeks, they split the runners up, and they did one of those three tapering uh, techniques. Then they actually started training again for four weeks, and then tapered off again using a different method, and then they did it again, trained for four weeks, and then used the final tapering method. That way, each athlete used all of the different uh, training strategies so they can test it and see which ones work the best. And they had a couple interesting findings. Um, but before I get into the findings, I'll explain what each of the groups did. So the high-intensity group basically did intervals. So for the final week before their time trials, they did 500-meter intervals, uh, and they averaged times from 70 to 76 seconds, which for them, that was about 115 to 120 of their VO2 max. So they were hitting pretty high uh, paces here. And then they would walk for about seven, six to seven uh, minutes in between each interval. And when they were five days out, they did five of them. When they were four days out, they did four, then three, then two, and then one. So they decreased it the closer they got. In the low intensity, moderate volume, they started with a, uh, a lower intensity, a 10K pace, or a 10K distance, and then each consecutive day, they reduced it by 20%. So the next day was 20% less and then 20%. So each day got smaller, but they were hitting moderate intensities there. And then finally was the rest only, and they did no running uh, that final week before the time trials. So some of the findings that they had were uh, there was no change in oxygen consumption for any of the groups. So VO2 max was not affected by any of these different strategies. Um, but one important thing was running time to fatigue increased by 22% in the high intensity group. So the distance they covered uh, before fatiguing was dramatically improved, which is obviously going to be very beneficial for performance. Uh, another thing they saw was citrate synthase, or which is an oxidative enzyme, basically just shows signs of aerobic energy production, also increased in the um, high intensity group. So again, that's something that we want. We want to be able to produce uh, energy aerobically um, when we're doing aerobic type of movements like, like long distance running or Spartan race training. 
They also saw uh, muscle glycogen increases in the rest group and in the high-intensity group. So again, this is going to be very beneficial. The more glycogen stores we have, the more will be available during the race. So interesting that it went up with the rest group, but it does make sense. They were resting and still consuming carbohydrates most likely, so they increased the the stores of the uh, muscle glycogen. Um, but the low intensity moderate volume did not see that increase. So I thought that was kind of interesting there. And then the final thing they noticed was total blood volume increased in the high intensity group, but here it actually decreased in the rest group. And again, that's another important adaptation that we're looking for with endurance training. As you do this type of training, you should see your total blood volume increase. When that happens, blood's get, getting to the muscle tissue easier. It has more oxygen in there. So you can uh, have it readily available and you'll see that oxygen consumption eventually increase and your VO2 max increase. So again, allowing that proper tapering or that proper recovery led to adaptations where they were producing energy aerobically better, burning fat better, and an increase in total blood volume. So all of that happened with the high intensity group. So when you are coming up to a race and are about a week or so out, this is something you may want to play around with and maybe try some high-intensity training the week before. Now, I know that might sound backwards because we're talking about tapering. You are still going to cut back on the amount you're doing, but remember, this is low volume, right? So a week out, they ran five, 500 meters. So in total, they're running less uh, or just over a mile, less than two miles. And then each day, that's going to decrease until it turns into just one sprint when they're a couple days out. Uh, so again, something to play around with. Again, this were high intensities, but very low volume versus the low intensity moderate volume, which is probably something most people are used to doing. So try it out and see how it works out before your next race. All right, it's time for the SGX coaches interview. And I have a feeling you've heard of our guest today, we have SGX coach Kevin Donahue. Uh, Kevin is a Spartan Pro Team veteran, NBC Sports Ultimate Team Challenge coach, trainer for Daily Burn Spartan, which he's going to be talking to in this inter- talking about in this interview, and a 64—that's right, 64-time Spartan podium finisher. So he's going to give us some awesome tips. He has tons of experience, and I know you guys are going to love this interview. All right, guys, I'm here with another SGX coach interview, and uh, I'm excited for all of my guests that I have on this show, but I, I have to admit I'm a little bit extra excited because I have somebody from my hometown. Um, I have Spartan Pro Team member Kevin Donahue. How you doing today? Good, man. How you doing, Mike? I- I'm doing awesome. And, uh, you know, I don't think many people know where Monroe, New York is. Hopefully they do now after watching some of the stuff you've been doing, but we have kind of a a growing famous alumni from that area, which is pretty cool. Um, like Andy Grammer is actually from yeah. Munner Woodbury. And, uh, guy. Like, I've never met him, but last year he played uh, what's called K-Fest, which is this big like um, radio station sponsored, like multiple artists, music festival um, in our area. And that dude went and bought every graduating senior a ticket to come watch him play. Wow as a graduation gift, like brought the whole senior class over there. So he, he's done right by a lot of people in the community. So we're really proud of him. That's awesome. Yeah. And another uh, pretty famous singer, Jermaine Paul, who won uh, The Voice. 
Yeah, and you know what's funny? It's uh, Jermaine and I were actually in school at the same time together as well. And you wouldn't meet a more down-to-earth, just salt-of-the-earth guy. You know, like, he's probably a nicer guy now. As nice as he was, he's probably a nicer guy now after that experience than he was before. So fame certainly didn't go to his head. That, that's awesome. So, yeah, so we, we have a, a little bit of a, a growing famous alumni. And then now you just dominating Spartan racing. <laughs> So pretty cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I've been trying my best. Awesome. I, I don't know. I, I mean, those were singers. I don't know how you are at singing, but um, I won't put you on the spot. Don't worry. I'm awful. Thank you so much. <laughs> so let, let's get into this. I, I have a feeling most of our listeners know who you are, but let's just get into your background a little bit and kind of what brought you into Spartan Race Dream. You know, it probably, um, I probably fell in the Spartan Race the same way a lot of people did. It was just by chance and just kind of random talking to somebody. I was uh, I was pumping gas in uh, at a local gas station, and uh, a cop that I had went to school with uh, called called my name. I turned around, he throws me a T-shirt, and I open it up, and it says, you know, Spartan Race, and it had this like Spartan helmet on it. And this was back in 2011. And uh, you know, I just asked him what it was about, and he's like, oh, it's an optical course race. And I'm like, oh, is it like a like a Warrior Dash or something? Because I was thinking about doing one. And he's like, yeah. He's like, but I think it's a lot more hardcore. I'm like, where is it? He's like, Tuxedo Ridge. And that's about 10 minutes from where we grew up, um, a ski hill that we both probably grew up skiing on Mm -hmm. or snowboarding possibly. And uh, it's where they have the tri-state sprint now. So it's one of the original Spartan races. So I went and I did it. Um, I came in fourth place to some guy named Hobie Cole. I uh, had no idea who he was. All I know is that Joe DeSena, who used to go to every single race and do like the start line speech before it would go, <laughs> put a $20,000 bounty on his head for anybody that could beat him. Wow. And he offered up two grand for anybody who could stay within a minute of him. And I was like, all right, that's, I'm thinking to myself, that's, that could be some easy money right there. Little <laughs> did I know, like, nobody knew who Kobe, Kobe Call was. There was a reason why I put that much money down on this guy's head because he wound up beating me by like eight and a half minutes. And uh, to this day, it's still probably the closest I've ever come to him in a race. So it was kind of a crazy way to start and uh, to come full circle. Um, I raced with Hobie this weekend in Arizona. But he uh, he went out on Saturday. His son is probably about 15 or 16 years old now. So he more ran the race with his kid. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how we bring that up. And then just, I mean, literally like three days ago, I was in a start line talking to him, just kind of like catching up. And, uh, you know, super cool guy, a lot of fun, family dude. Just, But it's been a wild ride since it started uh, seven years ago. And uh, it just keeps getting crazier. That's awesome. And I think anybody... Um, and I think most people know who exactly you're talking about, but to come in within eight minutes is pretty, pretty amazing. So that's, you know, nobody likes to lose, <laughs> know, but that is a I'm cool like, accomplishment. God, you guys smashed me. Now I'm thinking back. I'm like, wow, that was a great performance. I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so you brought up Arizona. I was just out there as well with my wife. Uh, awesome course. I loved it. Um, could you give kind of a little recap what you thought of the, the venue and, and just how the race went? Uh, the venue is at uh, it's at Fort McDowell, which is um, used to be a, a military base, and now it's on an Indian reservation. The desert out there is, is spectacular. I tell you what, it's probably one of the better Spartan race courses on the circuit in the United States, and the weather just turned out to be absolutely perfect. If you're a native Arizonan and you're used to the heat out there, it might have been a little too cold for you <laughs> that first day, but from coming to the East Coast, like being able to start out at like 40 degrees, 45 degrees, and then have it not kick over 60 until you're done running. 
with no wind and then have it be like 75 degrees the rest of the day was perfect. But uh, the people were awesome. Uh, Steve Hammond, which is he's probably the best course designer in all of obstacle course racing right now. And he designed an incredible course. And uh, it was just a total blast. I mean, we really had a lot of fun. Awesome. So you did awesome in both races. So you actually went back to back and won uh, both Masters divisions, correct? Yeah, I had a, a very good weekend. It was uh, first weekend of the year. So to go, I was not expecting to go out there and sweep it because there are some really good guys out there. People came from from all over the country. And, uh, you know, I caught a couple breaks. Actually, the first day I thought I placed second, but there was a mistake in the uh, in the timing and someone who had not completed the course or even done half of it. His chip crossed him over the line in first place, but nobody knew who it was. So I kind of <laughs> had to settle for second for that first day. So I woke up. I woke up Sunday morning. I'm basically on the start line knowing that I finished second the day before. And halfway through the super, I was in like fifth place. So here I am. I'm like, all right, I finished second on one day and I'm fifth right now. And then within a half an hour, I turn out that I win both days. So it was a complete turnaround. Like, I don't know how that happened, but uh, it was just, it was a pretty cool experience. I was really stoked about that. That's awesome. I, I had a, I guess a similar thing happened to me where um, out in, um, in LA at the end of last year doing the sprint and I finished, uh, went over to the, the booth to check out my results and it said first overall, first in my age group, first, first, first. And I'm like, no way. How did that happen? I felt good, but I was no way running that fast. And then I saw I was actually um, put in the wrong category. So I, if I was a female, I would have won. Um, but unfortunately, uh, when I, when they corrected it, it uh, dropped me down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least for a little, I mean, you should have screenshotted that real fast. I know, you know like put my thumb if over it's on the app. screen account. So just <laughs> next time be a little quicker. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about that, though, because doing a, a double rate. So winning is, is one thing and that's a whole new level. But I know we have a lot of listeners that are definitely going to be doing back to back days. And I'm sure you have some tips or strategies or, or maybe you can take us through your routine that you would do to to prep for something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, I come in from the East Coast. For me, um, hydration going from a, a cold, clammy, um, humid environment in the Northeast to the dry heat of the Arizona desert, my biggest concern was going to be hydration, would have been cramping. I, I think that's a lot of people's main concern is, is cramping out in the course. And uh, so I made sure that not only the, in the couple days leading up to the races that I was hydrated, I started a hydration process basically about a month ago, making sure that I was constantly replacing electrolytes throughout the day, during my workouts, before workouts, when I woke up and when I went to bed, always making sure that I in no way, shape or form put myself in a deficit going towards that weekend. Um, hydration should always at minimum start two weeks before you have a race weekend. Now doing a double re uh, weekend, it's not so much the first day that you worry about. It's the second day. And this one was kind of unique because it was a longer race. It went sprint super for this one. So I was afraid of tanking halfway through on the second day. So immediately after that first race, I made sure I started taking in electrolytes, making sure I got out of the sun, uh, got out of the heat, got back to my hotel room, um, took a cold shower, um, got the got my body temperature low again and just continued to hydrate and t 
take a lot of greens and fruits, things that were going to bring down the inflammation in my body and just start the recovery process as fast as possible. Um, again, eating as many leafy greens as you can, that really helps reduce inflammation in the body. And of course, hydrating. I use something called like, everybody's seen it, Noon, like N-U-U-N, um, those uh, electrolyte tablets. Yeah, yeah. In, in conjunction with like, you know, coconut water. Um, I put the Noon in regular water, but I would also have some coconut water, making sure I'm eating my fruit and just getting as many electrolytes back in there. And uh, the second day was warmer and I really had no cramping issues. I started... They start my muscles started pushing back on me just a little bit, maybe the last mile. But by then, you know, you're just talking about the sprint to the finish. So um, it really wasn't that much of a concern. But, you know, depending on everybody's body's a little different. You always got to make sure you start hydrating in the weeks before and continue to take in electrolytes after a race, before the race and a couple, especially a couple days after, because before you know it, you're out there training again. And most people, the dehydration process starts when they're training. And then they get to race day and they fall apart and they can't understand why. It's because they were pushing themselves so hard in training. And they only started kind of rehydrating like the night before. Yeah. I, I think that's critical right there. Exactly like you said, making sure you plan it out, not the day before or the day of. You know, you're you're screwed by that point. Uh, but it's funny I to say literally that. By now, like, I'll have, I have a 40-plus race season planned. I'm already planning like my hydration strategies for June now. Like I have my schedule, like what I need to be doing along the lines of, you know, like working and making sure I'm navigating my nutrition through the ups and downs of like these next like 20 races till I get to June. So it's, um, it's like a part-time job trying to like work on your nutrition and your, your hydration. But as long as you're on top of it, you don't have to be perfect. I mean, I know that most of the people listening aren't going to do 40 races, you know, but if you, Hey, if you got planned like six or seven or maybe 10, it's important to know going into like, you know, the rest of the season. Yeah. And even if you're just running like one or two, you know, just focus on that race and planning ahead and not just waiting to the last minute. And it's, it's funny right. to bring that up because, um, so we drove out from San Diego to the race and we saw some family out there. So we were in the car a lot. And about miles six and a half, my wife basically just had a total lower body cramp after the bucket carry. She just, everything didn't want to do what it was supposed to do anymore. And there was a hill right after that, too. Exactly. So everything starts shutting down. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the end of Mike, that course was... crazy. That's when my muscles started pushing back, too. Yeah. Just yeah. a little bit. That's when I started feeling them in the groin and, like, my right calf. That's where I started to cramp just a little bit. So... Your wife and I were on the same page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's what she was saying. It was like the calves, the hamstrings, inner thigh were just uh, not not moving. They were just stuck in that <laughs> contracted phase. But, um, but I mean, so we drove out. We did not plan this very well. We, we drove it out. We saw family. So we weren't drinking a ton because we're in the car, and it's like, well, we have to be careful because I don't want to stop every 10 minutes to have to, to pee. So we need to drink but be smart. And, you know, it was just a bad plan. Um, so we tried to be good in the week in advance, but uh, obviously for her – we need to work on that a little bit. Right. So, um, so, uh, uh, nutrition and, um, water is going to be a huge thing. W what about training wise? Are you doing anything differently knowing you're going back to back? Um, well, you know, the training, I obviously my off season training, uh, is over now. Now it's about, you know, trying to, you know, maintain and, and just kind of build a little bit in between. But, uh, like, what do you mean, like during the weeks, like leading up to a race, like in between these? 
Yeah, like if so, if somebody had they were going to do uh, you know a Saturday Sunday, would you give them any recommendations versus if they were just running you know a Saturday or a Sunday? Like any any differences in a training program when you're doing a back to back race or or just a, a, a single race in a weekend? I do, I mean I, for me I race so much that uh, it really doesn't matter. I'd probably train the same way. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, if someone who's never done a back to back race they don't really know how their body is going to react after two days of competition. So in the month leading up to that race, try to add a couple of days where you go really hard one day and then you go hard again the next mm-hmm. to get your body used to two days of kind of high impact work. You know, I mean, still listen to yourself, make sure that you don't overdo it, but you know, get yourself ready where you know, like how your body feels. And the only way to do that is to actually push two days in a row really hard. And okay. if you're going to do that, make sure you take a good two to three days off after. I mean, some people recover a little faster than others. If you're really young, maybe you just need a day. Mm-hmm. If you're in your 40s, you know, you probably need a good three days to relax. Yesterday, like, other than a little longboarding, I didn't do a thing. You know, I traveled. I sat in a plane. I watched movies, you know, and drank, drank you know, I, um, not obviously not alcohol. <laughs> I, was rehydrating. I was rehydrating. You know, I, you know, I had some food that I was able to enjoy. And then today was just a, like an easy shakeout, like two and a half mile run. Um, spent about 45 minutes rolling out, um, trying to get my legs loose again. And then uh, for the rest of the day, I'll just kind of be, um, you know, icing up a little sore spots and uh, getting ready for a long run tomorrow, followed by two very easy days. And then I'm back at it again on Saturday at Greek Peak. Nice. That winter is awesome. Uh, so that, that brings up something, uh, interesting. I want to get your opinion on kind of the week of a race then. So I, one thing I have issues with some clients is they want to push hard all the time. And especially even when they have a race that, that week before, they just have a hard time tapering and, and letting go a little bit to, so they peak for the race. Do you have any strategies or, or maybe what's your routine? Like the week of a race. So people kind of know what, what an elite person is doing the week leading up to a, a race. Leading up to this race is a really a perfect example because I had two and a half months off. So I'd been training for two and a half months, getting ready not only for the season, but for this weekend in particular. So, I mean, I've been gassed up. I've been juiced up. I've been ready to go. And this week, you know, you start getting, you know, Monday comes around, you start kind of getting the nerves a little bit and you start getting excited, but you have to make sure just like you said, you calm down. You have to taper. You have to relax. It's okay to work out, but you got to think about the things that you're going to be doing in the race. Do you want to exhaust yourself in those areas beforehand? No way. Um, so, so maybe some longer, slower runs. Um, try, I mean, don't go, don't get the mile. When I say longer, slower, I still mean keep the miles down. But, you know, if you were doing, you know, three miles, four miles, five miles at a clip, you know, every single day during the week, you know, okay, on Monday, do a three to four mile run. But keep your heart, keep your heart rate, you know, below your anaerobic threshold. Don't worry about running like a 10 or 11 minute mile pace. Take it nice and slow. On that Tuesday, maybe do some yoga, do some other forms of functional movement that are not only going to, you know, get you sweating and keep you loose, and at least keep your muscles moving, but are also going to be conducive to recovery and just muscle preparation. You know, and take another maybe easy run on Wednesday. On Thursday, hit a little bit more yoga. Um, you know, maybe play a game of something that, that keeps you loose. Maybe a little pickup basketball as long as you don't push it too much. You know, kind of things like that. But then on Friday, 
I mean, other than maybe like a slow little jog or a walk or a nice hike, you really just got to calm down. You have to let your body recoup. You have to let your body build up those glycogen stores because if you use up all that sugar, all that glycogen in your muscles the week before leading up and you really want to push in a race, you're just going to bonk and you're going to crash and you're also going to dehydrate yourself. So you got to calm down. Like, I mean, I have this mountain race. This mountain race is really the race I've been preparing for for the past like two months. And uh, I mean, all I want to do right now is smash hills. Like I want to get in the mountains and run them, but I'm like, no, I got I got to save my quads and my glutes. I got to let them recover. I got to let them rest. And then I'll let it loose on, uh, on Saturday. You know, if, they, if, um, if a lot of your people played team sports where, you know, they had to practice during the week and then they had games on like Saturday or a Sunday, kind of get yourself in that mental mindset, you know, you've been to a ton of venues, probably most of the races that are out there. You got to have a favorite or two, any that you just love going to. It's funny. Um, I just did a top 10 for, uh, for an article for daily burn. And, uh, so I, I gave them a top 10, um, they used maybe like five of the ones that I recommended. Uh, Arizona is definitely one of them. Arizona is fantastic. Uh, Vermont, if nobody's ever been to Vermont, that is the like the mecca of Spartan racing. That is um, that is where it's all began. The the terrain and the atmosphere and the weather at the time they run it. It just it's always just an absolute suck fest. But it's one of the most beautiful places you'll ever go in the fall to do a race. So. When you do Vermont, with the combination of the difficulty, the scenery, and the conditions, and then the overall energy of being where Spartan started, Vermont's a definite must. Um, if you're looking for something a little more exotic, the Hawaii Trifecta Weekend, it's actually run at Kualua Ranch. Kualua Ranch, I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. And that's where they filmed Jurassic Park and uh, the TV series Lost. So it's by far one of the most aesthetically beautiful places you'll ever go. And there's something to be said for being able to cross the finish line, grab a coconut water, and then go across <laughs> the street and go to the beach. Yeah. And just be on this beautiful sand in a warm, gorgeous ocean. That one's awesome. Um, one of my favorites is obviously uh, Tri-State Tuxedo. Mm -hmm. One of the original Spartan races is, is an awesome venue and uh, the most widely attended Spartan race on the planet in terms of volume of people. Uh, Palmerton, if you haven't done it in Pennsylvania, has become kind of like our Lambeau Field, Wrigley Field, or Fenway Park of Spartan racing. That's where we've had uh, uh, numerous television races, and that's just a very hard, difficult course where you'll meet every single one of the big athletes that you'll see on TV there. And it's always run in the middle of July, so it's, it's really hot, it's really humid, but it's got a lot of water obstacles. So that one's fun. Um, and let me see, let me give you one more, one or two more. That's really cool. Montana, incredible terrain, incredible, um, amenities around it with restaurants and lakes and all this other stuff. And some of the best views you'll ever see. And, um, and we have two really relatively new ones popping up. We got Seattle. All right. At a great venue coming up in April. And look out, but West Virginia. We've never been to West Virginia, and that's actually going to be a trifecta weekend at the end of August. That will be absolutely amazing because uh, the terrain down there is very similar to what you would see at, um, at Wintergreen, which we're no longer at. But I think it's going to even be more rugged and more hardcore. Oh, that's awesome. So that gives a lot of people some options there. 
Uh, I'll be in sure. Hawaii this year, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, but I agree, uh, Palmerton I mean, I'm telling awesome. you, man, you're going to have a blast. Yeah, yeah, I love Palmerton and Montana, too. I hated that that mountain, but <laughs> man, when you got to the top, those views were amazing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Awesome. So you brought up Daily Burn, and I know you're, you've been doing a lot with Daily Burn, and uh, you've released the Spartan Training Program through them. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, that was um, that was kind of like a lifetime dream that I was able to achieve. You know, I mean, uh, I've always uh, I've always wanted to be um, as good a fitness professional as I could be. Um, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. And this kind of allowed me to take both those things and put them together. So uh, basically, if people know what Daily Burn is, it's live streaming uh, workout videos that you could uh, bring on your cell phone. You could put it on your iPad. Uh, you could have it on your computer, your laptop at work. It's on ITV, Fire TV, it's on Amazon Prime. So pretty much anywhere you could go, you could get your quote-unquote daily burn. You could get your workout. I mean, I could do it right now sitting on the stock. You could do it in your office. And they have a library of about, about 15 to 20 different instructional video programs on there that you could choose from, from a wide range of genres, varieties, and difficulties. And the cool thing about our project, it took – the growing sport of Spartan racing, which is the biggest, fastest recreational sport on the planet, and combined it with the best online streaming video series that you could have for exercise and put the two together. So XGX combined with Daily Burn to come up with this amazing program. And uh, when they asked me to be the, uh, to be the lead trainer, I was, just, I was honored because it's something I always wanted to do. And I was able to inject a lot of the Spartan culture into it and bring it to the masses. And it's, it's basically geared towards beginners and intermediate fitness levels who have never done a Spartan race, maybe done one or two, but didn't really have the functional uh, fitness foundation to achieve it the way they wanted to. You know, maybe they, you know, they really never done a ton of burpees and our video series isn't really loaded with those, but maybe they didn't know some of the other functional movements that would really help them with not only a lot of the obstacles, but the fitness that they would need to help them do a lot better on the course. And that's what the video series is about. It's six weeks. It's about six different videos at three different levels. And what's great is, you know how we talked about recovery days, mm -hmm. you know, like doing yoga, Pilates and other forms of stretching. Well, those are built into the program with other instructors nice. that you could use as you're doing mine. Um, and Hey, you could even hop and do one of Bob Harper's workouts if you wanted to do that. Um, so there's uh, from the biggest losers. So there's a lot of other great coaches on there, but, um, ours is really geared towards getting more people involved in Spartan, showing them what the community is like, kind of introducing them into the culture. And I mean, you've been around it enough where it's such a, an amazing culture of camaraderie and inclusion and just getting people involved, no matter what shape, form or from, what religion, creed, wherever you're from on this planet, it's really a sport for everyone. And uh, just wanted to be as welcoming and as enthusiastic and as motivating as possible to not only bring more people to the sport, but get the people that have already tried it really rocking and rolling so they could go out on the course and just kick some ass. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll make sure I'll put some link, links in our show notes so people can check out that program if they've never heard of Daily Burn or um, so they can right. learn more and, and definitely get some more info on the program. Uh, they've actually been around it's for a while. Called, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it got released in December. It's called Daily Burn Spartan if they went on there and they'll see me. I'm like holding the log and I got this <laughs> crazy look on my face. It's basically I was there for about 30 minutes with this thing on my shoulder. 
<laughs> and it was just digging into there. And I'm like, can you get the shot, please? But um, it, it was a lot of fun. But what's great is anytime they sign up for a Spartan race, they'll get a link to the Daily Burn Spartan workout. Nice. And there is also a 30-day free trial. So they can try it for 30 days at no cost. And right oh. now they're actually running what's called the Spartan Power Challenge. So they're doing a kind of a workout challenge with all the people that are signing up for it. And what they do is whoever wins these challenges, like every month, they give them like two free passes to a, a Spartan race. Wow, that's awesome. A U.S. Spartan race of their choice. Cool. All right, yeah, so just in case yep. they didn't get it when they, or they didn't see it when they signed up, I'll definitely put some links in there so they can check it out. Um, so before we sign off, anything else that I maybe forgot to ask you that I should have or, or final words um, for our listeners? No, I just, uh, I'm really glad you reached out. It was good catching up with you. You know, um, you know, Mike's a really respected dude in our town. So like when he, uh, <laughs> when he reached out to me, it's something I definitely wanted to do. And it was, it was great catching up. I have to tell my, he grew up more with my brother. So I have to tell him that, yeah. uh, that we talked and, uh, he'll get a kick out of this and he'll be real happy. And, uh, I, you know, just, uh, Hey, listen, if you, if you want to reach out to me, if you have any questions about Spartan or how to train nutrition, some of the things I use, like, like Boku superfoods, um, or if you just have any, you need some little tips or like where to find some information on how to do obstacles better. I do a lot of the obstacle specialty courses and we're actually releasing a, a video series on daily burn, just how to do the obstacles. But either way, if you just want to like hit me up on social, it's at K Donahue lives on Instagram and uh, K Donahue lives on Twitter, or just send me a message on Facebook and reach out. And if I, I could help you out, I'd love to. Um, um, not spread too thin, like being part of the pro teams, amazing doing daily burns, amazing. But you know, one of the reasons I do that is because it gives me a platform to help other people out. So, you know, reach out to me if you like. Awesome. And again, I'll put links so people have no excuse. They can just click on it and, uh, get a hold of you. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You just over delivered and gave a ton of info that I know people are going to be able to apply and, and just start kicking ass in the Spartan races. Uh, listen, it's my pleasure. Uh, if you ever want to do it again, I would be happy to come on again. All right. Thank you. I definitely will take you up on that. Well, that's going to do it for episode 26 of the Underground SGX Show. I want to thank Coach Allison Frumker from Phoenix Evolution OCR Training for coming on and giving us a recap of the Arizona Super and Sprint. also want to thank pro team member and SGX coach Kevin Donahue for giving some of his secrets for uh, his training and strategies that's really taken him to the next level. Hope you guys can pick up on some of those things and apply them to your training. And of course, if you guys need any other tips or strategies, check out the SpartanUnderground.com and see what we have have inside for you and then finally if you haven't given us a review on itunes please head over there and give us a five-star review if we've helped you out at all we would greatly appreciate it um, for everybody running in new york this weekend good luck stay warm and we will see you guys next time <laughs>